Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm too depressed to save the big game, Billy. I'm going to cheer you up. The only ways I know how. Hey, kid, hit G9 on the jukebox. No, Billy, I haven't done that dance since my wife died. There's a whole crowd of people out there who need to learn how to do the scar. Michael Scon, and I'm here to say I'm about to do the Scon in a major way. Long cry. Long cry. Oh, hello. Hello, Everin Mackie. Hi, Bonnie Arslanian. And guest. Hi, Rom <laughs> Criminals. Hi, Rom Criminals. Um, we have someone in the house right now. We sure do. There's someone inside your house. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house. In the room, no less. Um, uh, welcome to the stage. Uh, my husband, my very beautiful hot husband, Adam Ford. Oh. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am excited to uh, be here with you. He's a longtime listener. Longtime listener, first time participant. Yes, thank God. Yeah, it's like weird that you haven't done this with us before. I know. After all, I know. I, I finally get the invite. I don't know. I got snubbed <laughs> for so many years. <laughs> well, listen, we didn't invite anybody, so you, we've only just opened the door. And of course, our first guest was Mike. So, but yeah, you're our I second love- ever. Yeah. So, Avrin. Oh, well, I guess yeah. first, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, Rom Crime, oh. we take a rom in any way. Could be a romantic series-ish, a rom-com. I take it. I, I say, here's my thing. And then mm-hmm. you give us a crime. That's right. And then I try to find a true crime story to pair with it. Mm. And uh, it's lots of fun. Yeah. Boy. I'll just, I brought my, I brought a barf bag with me just in case I get <laughs> grossed out by the, um, the horrific crime that we're There's no about. way. The thing about <laughs> our union, Adam and I, is that he is the crime. He loves crime. It's true. Yes, I did know that about you. Yeah. I was like, Adam's going to like the crime part. <laughs> yeah, you and, you and I, Everin, I think share the, the morbid curiosity, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Although, if you listen to our pop-up episode, I totally tell... I told a crime. You sure did. I was so excited when you, you know, I knew you were going to record something, but I just assumed it, it was going to be something Rami. Yeah. And it was. It had a beautiful, like, romantic ending to it. But I was like, Vanya is doing a crime story I all know. by herself. It's <laughs> funny. I am interested 
in a different way, I think. Like, I think it need to it needs to have some sort of an uplifting ending. Right, which is yeah, not not usually the case, but can't you can't <laughs> exactly. you found, you found the one you found the one <laughs> exactly. Not always a positive outcome, I but know. that one was great. I know, but we learn from them usually. So, Adam, yeah. what we like to do when we first start is we like to start with our rom of the week and our crime of the week. So we also invite you to do the same. Maybe, Avern, you want to start us out? Yeah, well, I decided that since I knew we were going to have Adam on today, that I was my rom. I want to tell everybody the story of the first time the two of you made me dinner. Oh, because my it's God. One of my favorite, my favorite memories. Obviously, we had already been friends and you guys had just moved in to the apartment right above me. That's right. So we were neighbors now too and you invited me over for dinner and it was just the three of us and I don't think we had hung out just the three of us before true and I was like oh yeah what can I bring and you were like just bring like a white wine it'll pair well with what we're making and I was like okay and I showed up and these two had freaking I don't know if you say steamed them or boiled me a whole lobster (laughs) with like homemade clarified butter and they had the crackers and like all the utensils and I was like I am in love with these people (laughs) yeah I want to live in this house and eat lobster with them every day it was really fun so impressed I was so impressed oh man yeah that was (laughs) awesome my rom that was awesome we had gone to um there was this place fairway market down in Greenpoint or in uh um Red Hook Red Hook Brooklyn and we were there it's like an amazing market and they had this like crazy deal on lobsters it was you know I was like, it was like, we didn't go in there expecting to get lobsters, but yeah. the lobsters basically insisted on being bought with, with, with <laughs> the was, price. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. I'm trying to think if I have a crime. I love that story yeah. though. And I love that memory. It was That was like the beginning of Melrose Place. That's right. I'm like, the crime is the price of groceries. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just the price of all things. And also, what's the deal with all of the unidentified flying objects being shot down? Oh, like, man. what are they? I know. It's, what's that? What's happening there? It's been an exciting <laughs> couple of weeks with all these UFOs. It, you know, UFOs and like, I just uh, watched that movie White Noise on Netflix with Adam Driver, mm. which was like weirdly, you know, with everything that went, is going on in Ohio with the train crash and like the toxic. Oh, yeah event i guess i was like this we're in we're living an end of days for real we're there we don't realize it but we're in it <laughs> that is terrifying well what is the ufos what are they they are not from aliens they haven't quite figured it out because they're having trouble recovering the wreckage of, of most i think one of the theories is that they're commercial drones or something or or private Oh, right. Private, private weather balloons. Yeah, yeah. Private balloons or drones or, or, or something. Someone flew something up there and, you know, and it seems like after the uh, the Chinese balloon came in to, you know, the spy balloon, that they're calling the spy balloon. Yeah. That, like everyone was just on alert. So basically, you know, anything in the air is getting shot down by a F-22 yeah. Raptor. <laughs> Crazy. I know. It's like we didn't know about them before. And then the we saw the Chinese spy balloon and now it's like anything in the sky. They're just like. Shooting them down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I it's not aliens. I love that I was watching like the news proper. They're like the the Biden administration has said though it's not from aliens. Yeah, like, unidentified. Is that what people were thinking? I'm sure. Well, I kind of was like they're not explaining it. So, well, I think people are just getting really creative with these gender reveals. Yeah, <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Look for a giant poof of blue smoke up there. Get some <laughs> shot down out of the sky by the United States. Army. Oh my god. I love that. 
Uh, well, we have some fun news. My rom is both my rom and my crime. We're we're taking the kids to Disney in the next two days. <gasps> I know. <laughs> it's the happiest oh place gosh. on earth, supposedly, as I'm Googling how to enjoy Disneyland with anxiety. Mm. I don't know. I mean, there's so many people we know who really love it around here. Like, really love it. Like, fucking crazy yeah. love it. People really I love just, it. But, or they don't. And I want to love it. I want that, like, innocence. Maybe I'm just too negative. I don't know. I think that's... I say just keep... Yeah, keep your eyes on your kids. Watch their reaction to everything and focus on how what they're reacting to mm-hmm. versus your own reaction. I think that will help you enjoy it because it will be magical to them. You know, One of the, um, like tips was to keep an earbud with really calm music when you start to get nervous or stressed out i'm like yeah that's gonna work oh yeah perfect yeah you, yeah you don't want to be able to hear your kids scream if they're, uh, <laughs> you're adam you're like what are you doing bunny and i'm like i'm just listening to a podcast i need to relax yeah so you're like taking a sound bath in the middle of pirates of the caribbean <laughs> It's dark. It freaks Splash out. Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Best friend. Oh, man. I, I, I am really excited about it, actually, because, you know, finally, our son is tall enough to go on most of the rides. Yeah. And our daughter does not like going on the rides. So, and I think Vanya will. I will. But, you know, one of us has to be tethered to the ground with one of the children at some point. Uh, so, this will be fun. We can finally go on a bunch of the, the real rides. So, I'm, I'm really excited awesome. about that. Awesome. Oh. That that does make it better, yeah. When you can actually, yeah, do the the do the thing yeah. <laughs> instead of look at it. Exactly. <laughs> oh wait, Adam, did you have a crime? What's your crime for the week? Mm, my crime, yeah, for the week. Um, man, I just read I just read about a crime that um, it's like it's it's not like super hardcore crime. It's more of a fraud. Tell me. But remember that band Live from oh, yeah. the nineties. Wait, what song do they sing? I alone love you. I alone. Da, da. Yeah. I remember that song he was always saying, was it Placenta? was like oh, yeah. one of the main lyrics. Like, <laughs> Placenta. Was like, I don't yeah. know what the hell he was singing about. But yes. anyways, you know, sort of mid-range successful band from, yeah. from the 90s. But apparently they um, they'd kind of broken up. And then like two of the band members had gotten into like business with a, a a guy who was essentially like a like a career like fraudster. No. And kind of all went broke, you know, it kind of split the band up. It, there's a there's a huge like Rolling Stone article about it that I just read that I thought was really interesting. Mostly cuz I was like, "Oh yeah, that band live, you know. I remember them yeah. cuz I'm from the 90s, but no one died. It's not a victimless crime, but you know, it's also not the worst crime in the world." Yeah. But, but uh, I thought it was fairly interesting. Cool. I'll, I'll have to check that. Rolling Stone, you said? Yeah, on Rolling Stone. Yeah. I actually, that makes me think of you, Vaughn. I found a, a documentary about a cult on Hulu Ooh, called Stolen Youth. I do love cults. And it's crazy. It's about like a bunch of really smart kids from Sarah Lawrence. No way. Who got swept up by one of their like roommates' dads into a cult. <gasps> and it's called Stolen Youth. I've only watched the first two, but I was like, holy cow. Like, that's a, that's a smart... That's a smart or a master, sorry, a master manipulator mm-hmm. to be able to take like very educated, smart, I mean, still young people right. and uh, twist their minds and have them follow him blindly. Oh, as if dads weren't embarrassing enough. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> so this week, everyone, welcome Rom Crime. It's February 2023. We're still in the month of love. And we're going to talk about The Office. Adam and I watched <laughs> this like when it came out and we we really loved it. I don't want to put words into your mouth, Adam, as I do. It's the kind of show you can always put, I can always put on it, yeah. and pretty much watch any episode of it and love it. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Although we did go back and watch the pilot and this is something that always comes up, but the, it, it's kind of problematic in the terms of the misogyny. Oh, there's so many things that I, I feel like. Part of what's awesome about The Office yes. is that it is meant to be about the the bad, awful awkwardness that is, you know, having a middling job at an office where you don't really care about anything. And you're trying to figure out how to entertain yourself. And yeah, yeah there's tons of things, even in like more recent, you know, like the latter seasons are mm-hmm. still like tons of sexual harassment and like Parodying inappropriate. Yeah, poor, o- poor Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Oscar. I mean... He should, he should have owned Dunder Mifflin by the time the show was over. Like, they should have had to yeah. pay him every penny. And What's also that? crimes. They all oh, commit crimes, true. too. You know, like, doesn't Ryan, like, em- well, not embezzle, but like, or maybe he does. He lies about, like, a website and, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. they, people commit, you mm-hmm. know, like, it's a crimes. true rom crime. They hit people with their cars. Meredith has taken her clothes off on <laughs> yeah. casual yeah. Fridays. Yeah. Not good people in general, you know. And when we talk about things here, we must only discuss uh, work-associated things. And uh, you can consider this my retirement from comedy. And in the future, if I want to say something funny or witty or do an impression, I will no longer ever do any of those things. Does that include that's what she said? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, that is really hard. You really think you can go all day long? Well, you always left me satisfied and smiling, so... That's what she said! (laughs) If you guys haven't heard of The Office, I'll just give you a little rundown. It is an American mockumentary sitcom television series that depicts the everyday work lives of office employees at the Scranton, Pennsylvania... Vania branch of the fictional Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. Sorry, I am echoing in my ear, so it sounds crazy. I'm going to have to, like, take my headphones off when I talk. (laughs) Anywho. Also, I was... I don't know how this happened exactly, but, like, you know, the main characters, they have... You know, the actors play character names, but there's several of them that their real-life name is their character name. Angela... Yes. Angela, Angela Kinsey is the actor, the actor, but Angela she plays Angela Martin. Um, Phyllis Smith plays Phyllis Vance. Creed oh, Bratton plays Creed. Creed Bratton. It's just his name. Yeah. Uh, Oscar's real oh, name how is Oscar. Funny, I had no idea. I'm not sure how that happened with those specific characters, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And of I course, I didn't realize the- that. Also Creed. Oh, like, what a weirdo. That Halloween episode oh, yeah. where he, he dresses as the as the Joker, like the, the Heath Ledger Joker. And Oscar says yes. something like, oh, oh cool outfit. And he's like, let's take that smile off that face or whatever it is. And, oh, my God. And he's, like, truly disturbed. Definitely on the run, that guy. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? Like, he makes several comments that you're like. He's definitely. Okay. Yeah, he's like definitely on the, on the run. Lamb? 
Yeah. What a great cover. Working at a paper company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And of course, the lovely romance between Pam and Jim. Jim. And also, the I think the romance between Dwight and Angela yeah. is wonderful as well. Like when they finally, you know, make it yeah. official, like right at the end when they get married and everything, like everything they went through to get there is hilarious and, and sometimes awful. But I was like, man, I was rooting for them yeah. too. They deserve each other. Exactly. They do. They, they're perfect. Last week, I gave a fire safety talk, <clears throat> and nobody paid any attention. It's my own fault for using PowerPoint. PowerPoint is boring. People learn in lots of different ways, but experience is the best teacher. Today, smoking is going to save lives. Does anyone smell anything smoky? Did you bring your jerky in again? <clears throat> oh, my God! Uh, oh, my God! Fire! Oh, fire! Oh my goodness! What's the procedure? You know what I realized is I meant we meant I meant to tell Adam and I my story how we got how we found each other. It was not like the office though. Oh yeah, but we kind of worked together, right? Kind of, yeah. I mean, you know, if working is uh, doing uh, college theater, then yes. <laughs> That's true. I was, I'm one year older than Adam and I was meant to stay back because I'm not saying that I wasn't the sharpest tack in the box, but I definitely didn't know what I wanted to do with my college life or, my, you know, and so my parents were like, yeah, you're not going to go to university. Like it's expensive, you know, you get the two year degree, then go off to university and state, blah, 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 blah. So I am at the community college kind of pissed about life. And I spent my first year fine, fine, but I did it. I just threw myself into theater. Like the theater program, surprisingly, was actually really, really good. Also, their ceramics program was really good at, at the college. Yeah, who would have thought? I know. And so I remember we were auditioning. It was the spring of 1999. Ah, mm. oh, the pheromones were in the air. We were in the black box theater upstairs. And I see this guy walk up the play that we're, that we're auditioning for is Key Exchange, mm -hmm. which is like set in the 80s mm -hmm. in like New York City. And it's about two lovers who, you know, go to make the big step of like exchanging keys. It was it was a play that was in the round and it was dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, had, I, entered, I entered stage by riding a bicycle, like a 10 speed down a ramp into the onto the stage. And uh, one of the... <laughs> One of the he performances, the part, the <laughs> I, like hit the brake and nearly flipped over forward oh over my, my handlebars <laughs> into the into the front row of the audience. No, no one was sitting there at that point oh because you know it hadn't caught fire yet with the yeah. public. Um, <laughs> but can you believe it? There was nobody sitting in the front row. Well, I know. Thank God. I think I think my cousin was sitting in the front row, and you like barely missed him. Oh, it's so funny. But yes, our first. Our first oh, kiss man. was a stage yeah, kiss. Yeah, on stage or in rehearsal or whatever. And our director explicitly told us that, you know, you shouldn't ever get together with someone you're acting with. And we did mm. not obey. That ship had already sailed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what did they know? Because, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. And that's, <laughs> how we, that's how we met. Here we are. And obviously they were wrong because here you, you are. Know? And actually... One of my yeah. favorite stories. In fact, I was telling my daughter this today. When I was going to meet Adam at his house to run lines, and I had dressed up really cute. Like, I was in, like, a little dress, and I was, like, ready to run. We weren't even, like, romantic at this point at all. We were just, like, 
friends. Um, and so I'm like driving around his neighborhood and I keep passing this house that I, it's supposed to be, but I'm like, there's no way there's like a tiny little seven year old girl with blonde, with a blonde bob jumping on a trampoline, just like, and I'm like, I don't think he has little siblings, you know, whatever. So I finally get out of the car at the, at the spot. She gets off and she runs up. She's like, what's your name? Uh, you know, like, she's so funny. So cute. And she, I was like, is Adam here? She's like, yeah, one sack. And so she runs out, yells at your mom, whatever. She comes back and she's kind of like staring at me and I'm just like waiting on the front porch, just kind of just silent awkwardness. And she looks at me and she's like, are you going to marry my brother? And I was like, no, we're just friends. Yeah, no. But guess what? Oh, yeah. My little youngest sister, Rhonda, she's a bit of a... A clairvoyant. She perhaps. really is. Yeah. She's so, she was yeah, so Yeah, I was going to oh say, you lied to her, Vanya. You lied to her. Uh. That's my favorite story. <laughs> That's really cute. I don't think I've heard that one. Isn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. She's like, I don't remember saying that. I'm like, you certainly did. <laughs> but anyways, we've been together since, that was 99. Yeah. And we're in 2023. That's amazing. See? Yeah. In the, in the rough and tumble business of, of Eastern Washington, college theater we survived you yeah. know we didn't let the we didn't let That's the celebrity right. get to us we didn't let the <laughs> the riches you know we we didn't let our our massive estates the rave the reviews, reviews <laughs> you know we didn't let the egos get in the way you know uh so you know i'm pretty proud of us i am too i'm proud of you guys too so yeah listen i love the office not the same thing as the plays that we were involved in but you know i think every couple has that show that they like to watch ours is actually different now what do we watch now just to like wind down i you know i i feel like we you know we cycle cycle through them i mean if ted lasso is available oh, we yeah. will watch That's that true. I can't wait. but we you know get through that pretty quickly <gasps> we also love alone watching oh, yeah. alone right before bed alone wait is that the survival show yeah, the survival show. I love that show. Isn't it great? It's like the the colder and more miserable they are, the warmer my bed is, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And you're always like, how come nobody, everybody has to leave? They're forced. Nobody wants know, to go. they're crazy. They're always man. like the medical team. Yeah. They're like, your organs are shutting down one at a time. You you get... You're 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. from death. We're going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> I don't think I'd make it a night. I'm cold in our own bed. It looks rough, but man, it's fun to watch. It does, but it is it is so entertaining. How about you, Ab? What's your go-to? Do you guys have any shows? So James and I definitely, I would say The Office is one of them. And it does. It's like something that kind of comes back around. Like we'll have it, we'll watch it, and then we won't. Yeah. And then, you know, a year or two later, it, it'll come back on again. I'm trying to think of something else that we do that same thing with. The Golden Girls, I'll make it. He'll sit down with me and watch The Golden Girls if I put that on. No problem. And laugh and always be shocked at how mean they are to each other. <laughs> He's like, why are they so mean to each other? Avram, we just watched one because I know we're going to cover Golden Girls soon. Uh, the mm-hmm. episode starts with, basically, they have these old fur, fur animals. Oh, like minks? Yeah, they're, they're trying to breed minks to breed for them. coats. I'm like, <laughs> that is... Is that the one where she finds out she has menopause? Yeah. Blanche. Blanche is going through menopause. But it is super fun. Yeah, they're breeding minks. (laughs) And aren't they the boy minks, though? They find love in the end. The two males. (laughs) No minks were hurt. But speaking of, do you guys have like a favorite episode of The Office? The the fun run um, episode where they do a fun run for, for charity. And I think Michael ends up 
cheating or taking a or I think a bunch of them end up like taking a <laughs> taking a, a cab to the to the finish line yeah. and then pretending like you know like they're 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 wiped out um I think they're trying to they're supporting the fight against rabies <laughs> so, so the charity oh that's right because of the bat incident yeah, yeah the, the charity they're running for is the fight I mean, rabies awareness <laughs> oh my god uh, I think that's that's one of my favorites that's yeah. a good one yeah mine's a toss-up so I think my favorite episode, just for the sheer office of it, like the the awkward, the awful, the cringe, is the, I don't remember what it's called, but it's in one of the earlier seasons, and it's when Jan and Michael have a dinner party, <laughs> and they invite Pam and Jim, and then um, Angela, or is Angela there? Maybe not Angela. Sorry, Dwight shows up with his babysitter because you had to have a date, <laughs> <laughs> and you basically like discover that Mike, Michael's like sleeping on like a little bench at the foot of the bed because Jan needs this and that. And there's like candles everywhere. She's trying to, I don't know to me, everything about it. And it ends with like a TV getting thrown (laughs) and breaking and the cops show up. I think that's one of my favorites. I, that's one, that's another season four one. That's I, I, that apparently that was like one of the first ones to air after the writer's strike. Oh, so, so it's like, they kind of came back in swinging, I feel like, with that episode. It was like awesome, awesome. I also just watched the one where Michael falls in a koi <laughs> pond. It's like all about like not being mean to each other and they get to pick one thing that can't be teased about or whatever. <laughs> I love them all. Uh, yeah, it was fun to go back and just, I mean, again, it's just like, it doesn't even matter like where in the in the scheme of the, That's true. You know, the scheme of things any episode is because they're all... They stand alone pretty well. There we go, guys. The Office. Watch it if you haven't. It's available on, where was it? Peacock or Paramount? It's on Peacock for sure. That's yeah, where I've been that's watching. Where we're watching. They have extended cut episodes, which is kind of fun. Oh. So they're longer and there's like things that they, they're cursing more <laughs> because I think they probably had to cut those. Oh for my God, television. funny. All right. Is that the segue into the crime part? That's it. Ooh. All right. So I had a couple of ideas. One, there's actually like a big bad serial killer through line throughout the, the the show, The Office, the Scranton Strangler. Oh. And then, you know, Toby ends up on the jury. So in, initially I was like, is there something I can do where I can find, you know, like a, a serial killer who's... Str- and obviously I could have gone that route, but I was like, that's pretty epic in terms of... <laughs> I don't know. The serial killer ones, I feel like usually end up needing to be like two parts because there's so many details. But that was one thing I'd thought about. And it's not something I'm gonna say i won't do in the future maybe we'll talk about like the london office and then i'll somehow do a scranton strangler tie-in uh but i found this series called vengeance killer co-workers and so i watched several of them and i picked the one that i picked for two reasons one because it felt more like the the closest in terms of the type of work you know she worked she was like a a finance manager in an office building um and it does have a weird tie, and it took place in London. So that was my nod to the original office. So I'm going to talk about the murder of Kathy Marlowe. So Kathy Marlowe was a New Zealander. So she was a Kiwi, which I love. I love that they call them Kiwis, and I, I should have looked up why. But so she's from New Zealand originally, and she ends up moving to London in 2004 for a job, but mostly so she can travel. So she was somebody who is described by everyone who knew her as she was just wonderfully hardworking, but also partied hard. You know, she had fun, 
but she also worked really hard. And her dream was just to travel the world. So she had gotten a degree in finance. So she was, she was, I guess, the Angela Oscar and um, Kevin. <laughs> aspect of the office oh kevin and she wanted to be in london because it was kind of a great base so she was going to have a job in a flat there but it would be very easy for her to travel all throughout europe and that's exactly what she did so she moved to london in 2004 she got a job at a company called research now as their financial manager and um while there she would work like a bunch of overtime to accumulate days off to travel and her bosses were totally cool with this so she went to Rome, she went to Mykonos, she went to Paris. And in January of 2007, she got an amazing opportunity to go to Egypt and Morocco. So that's where our story starts. She's just come home from this amazing two-week trip. I would love to go to Egypt. I feel like I can't, there's so much, so many cool things to see there. So as, for, as much as we know, based on like the little people, she got to tell people about it. That's unfortunately how this is going to end up playing out. It was an amazing trip. So she gets home on the 12th of January, which is a Friday. And on she decides because she'd taken two weeks off and she was a really diligent, awesome employee, hardworking gal that she's going to go into the office on Saturday, the 13th to get caught up because she's not been at work for two weeks. And that's exactly what she does. So she goes, it's uh, January 13th. Uh, she goes into the office about uh, 9.15, gets caught up on work. At about 1.30, she called her roommate and best friend Rachel and said, hey, I'm almost done. You want to meet for coffee? And Rachel was like, absolutely. So there's a coffee shop. Also, where she lived and where she worked, it was walkable. So it was very close by. The coffee shop was also, you know, their like local coffee shop. And so Rachel shows up and uh, Kathy never does. And she's calling and she's calling and there's no answer. And she's she's incredibly worried because this is not like her friend. Clearly going into work on the day after <laughs> getting back from a two-week holiday to Egypt, there's she's fighting through jet lag to get caught up on the weekend so that she's ready to roll on Monday. Um, so it's really unusual for her not to show up and then not to answer her phone. Her friend actually calls the police to like say, I think something's wrong here. And unfortunately, because it's only been a couple of hours and she's an adult, they're like, there's really nothing we can do. Mm. So Rachel spends the whole day trying to get in touch with with Kathy, eventually she finds the name of one of her coworkers, like in something in their flat, and she calls one of the her co Kathy's coworkers. His name is Simon. She explains what's going on, and he agrees to that he will meet her at Research Now and let her in because you have to have a key to get in, so they can see if Kathy is there. And so they meet at nine p.m. on that Saturday evening, and uh, they they go into the building. They immediately go up to the third floor, which is where Kathy's office office was. She's not there, and you know they there's nobody there. So they go back down into the reception lobby area where they notice, which they didn't notice the first time because I guess they were just going right up. But there is <gasps> blood on the floor in the reception area, and there's very clearly a blood trail like leading down the hallway. So. Uh, Simon tells Rachel, you stay here. I'm going to go check out like where that leads to. And of course, uh, moments later, Simon starts yelling for Rachel to call 999. And when police arrive at the building, they basically discover 
the lifeless body of Kathy Marlowe in a shower stall, which I guess was something that they had in the building for people who like cycled to work. So it was like almost like a little mini like Mm. locker room gym. Um, Yeah. uh, So it's very clear. There's, there's so much, there's blood everywhere. Like, so it's, and there's so much blood in the reception area and obviously on her body and just like all over like the walls, the floor. So that's, it's obvious there was like a massive struggle that took place in this attack. And uh, she had, uh, the cause of death was that she had been, she had been beaten like with a blunt uh. object multiple mm. times struck in the head. But the petechia in her eyes actually told them that her, her cause of death was that she had been strangled with her own scarf uh. that she was wearing. So, because of all of the, as I mentioned, all of the blood and they noticed like defensive wounds on her body, it was very clear to police that she had fought very hard for her life and that they were hopeful that because she had fought so hard that she probably definitely had gotten some of her killer's DNA. And that was going to be basically instrumental in solving this. Um, so they called in forensic investigators. They closed down this office building for three oh months. Oh, my God. And they treated the entire office building as the crime scene, not just the reception area and the shower stall. So at, while they're, you know, doing their, for, their forensicking, while they're forensicking, <laughs> they've discovered that there is not just blood in the, on the first floor. There's blood in the elevator. And there's blood under a desk on the third floor, which is, as I mentioned, where her office was. So this tells them that after she had been killed, her killer had actually returned up to the third floor. And so they bring in the office manager and they're like, is anything, does anything look amiss? Is anything missing? And that's when the office manager is like, yeah, actually uh, we're missing six laptops. Six company laptops are missing. Oh, can you guys Uh hear me? Sorry, one of my earbuds just (laughs) fell out of my ear. You can still hear me. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, so now they're wondering, is this a robbery or was it personal? Because the nature of how brutal the attack was would suggest that there was like a personal, like an intimate connection between Kathy and the, and her killer. And so immediately Simon is taken in for questioning. That's who found her, the co-worker who agreed to meet her friend at 9 p.m. to let her in. And they think it's suspect that he told her to, like, stay back, let me go check it out. And when they arrived, because uh, he had found her and he had checked to see if she was, in fact, still alive, he was covered in her blood. And and police find his meaner, his attitude. They described it in the documentary I watched, uh, the killer co-workers one, as overly helpful. And I was like, okay. So cooperative means guilty? Mm. I don't know. But anyway, they, their thinking was maybe... He had gone in, he had touched her body as a way to explain away the presence of his DNA, which he knew would have been on her if he was her killer. And, you know, he's going to remain a person of interest for a while, just simply based on the fact that the person that finds the body is always a suspect. And he was overly helpful. Also, in addition to that, they get the alibi and DNA samples from everyone who works at Research Now for when they find the forensic DNA and they test it to see if it's another one of her coworkers. Now, nobody, nobody could think of a single person who would want to hurt Kathy Marlowe. As I mentioned, like 
she was just a, she was 28 years old. She was living her best life. She was hardworking. All of her coworkers and bosses, they loved her. She was wonderful. All of her friends loved her. She didn't have like a an ex-boyfriend, you know, in the picture that was could be like menacing. Like she dated casually, but she wasn't having any serious relationships at this time. And so they're starting to wonder, okay, we also have missing computers. Was this just a case of wrong place, wrong time? Like had she botched a burglary? Uh, now, weirdly, as you guys add, or maybe you don't know this, uh, London is notoriously uh, well uh, surveilled. There's CCTVs uh-huh. everywhere, but there weren't any CCTVs outside of research now. So they don't have any way to like see people coming and going, uh, which is obviously hmm. going to make this much harder. But they decide, okay, we're going to extend the scope. If we can't you know, watch footage from directly outside the office building. Let's broaden it. They know where Kathy lives. So they check out other CCTV in the area and they are able to actually see her on video walking to work. They see her stop for coffee and uh, then, you know, she disappears because there's there's no footage of her office building. But they notice in this video that she's uh, carrying a really, really distinct purse. A purse that was not at the crime scene. So this is kind of their first, okay, something of hers was taken. If we make that public, maybe we can get a tip. Somebody saw somebody with this bag or something in the bag. So they basically put the bag out. They circulate that story. And pretty uh, quickly, they do get a phone call from Kathy's bank because uh, somebody had tried to use her ATM card after she had died and there are cameras on ATMs. So the person who had tried to use the card, they had a very nice, clear picture of this man. And his name was Daniel Kennedy. Now, when police actually f- get this information, get his name, figure out who he is, he is actually currently in court being brought up on petty theft charges. And he has a really long rap sheet of petty theft. So they're waiting for him when he comes out the courtroom. And they take him in for questioning. And uh, he vehemently denies killing Kathy Marlowe. He, he's like, I don't know her. I don't know anyone at research now. Here's exactly how I came to possess her ATM card. My girlfriend and I were walking down. I think it was it's called Vohas Street. And her purse was lying on the sidewalk. And so they picked it up and looked through it. And, you know, seeing as this guy is already known as a petty thief, instead of turning it in, they're like, we're going to steal this stuff. <laughs> you know, like we found this and we'll see if we can get the money out of the ATM. Now, uh, police are like, OK, I suppose that's plausible. I don't know, though. Like she was murdered. She had this with her in her office building. We're going to have to verify her story. And they are able to find CCTV footage of the moment when Daniel and his girlfriend find her purse on Whoa. the sidewalk. Like, they see that happen. So his story is corroborated. Now, frustratingly, somehow, even though they see that footage, they can find no footage of the person who dropped it there. Weird. Which, I'm part of me is like, how? I mean, maybe somebody else picked it up somewhere else and then dropped it, or I don't know. I'm like, how is there, if it's the same spot? I don't really understand how that works out. But he's basically cleared. His girlfriend corroborates the story. The CCTV uh, TV footage corroborates the story, or corroborates sorry, corroborates the story. And so police are kind of stuck at this point. So Simon has mostly been cleared in their eyes. Uh, They have, you know, 
this petty thief is clearly not the guy who did it. But they're still working um, with the forensics, right, of the case. And they are able to extract DNA from underneath Kathy's fingernails. And she has also managed to rip out several hairs from her killer. Good. So they finally are able to determine that the DNA under her fingertips is a match to the hairs. So it's the same person. And once they have that information, they run the DNA through the national database. And miraculously, because I feel like there's so many things in this story that you're just like, geez, you know, like there's no cameras outside. You know, there's like there should be able to figure it out. They should see something. They get a match. And it comes back to a 32 year old named Matthew Fagan whose DNA was in the system because he had been arrested a couple years earlier on a drunk and disorderly. He's American, so that's not surprising. Mm. Uh, so he was an American who'd moved to the UK in uh, the year 2000. He's from Oregon. And it turned out that Matthew wasn't just some random dude who had a drunk and disorderly. There was a connection between him and Kathy. He was a former co-worker of hers. He had basically worked at Research Now for several years as a production or web production manager, but he had been fired in April of 2006 for incompetence. Mm. And all of his coworkers described him as like lazy, crappy at his job, and a compulsive liar. Um, insert American. Mm. Yes, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, so that's just nine months before Kathy was murdered. Now, when Fagan is brought in for questioning, he basically refuses to answer. He won't speak at all. Like He's like, no comment. I'm not going to say anything. And then when police show him their DNA evidence, like we found your DNA under her fingernails, your blood and just all of that. He says that he and two other guys that he worked with. So he'd gotten work after being fired from like as a removals, uh, removals jobs, like where you go in, I guess, and you remove things from places I, I should have I didn't look into that but he's like a removals company that's what I would think you do and also committing theft on the side because he had lots of financial issues once he lost his job um, so he says that two of his co-workers from the removals company had accompanied him they had gone there to steal the laptops and then when they ran into Kathy he helped them tie her up but then he bounced because he was like oh she knows me like I can't get into this uh so I left and she was very much alive when I left and uh and that's going to explain how his DNA was on her body is because he helped tie her up now please are like no we have been spending a lot of time going over the crime scene with a like forensic fine tooth comb and we have found zero evidence of anyone else's DNA on her body it's yours and hers that's it uh, but they do have to follow up. So they find these two co-workers who both are like, I have no idea what he's talking about. They both have alibis. They're airtight. And so that uh, that theory of the case that he tried to, to put forth is basically like, no, man, it's you. Now, his name, this is a very, um, like, it was in the media a lot because it was a young woman killed in an office building. Once the name of the suspect is an American man and... Uh, news right and uh police are getting like additional calls now now that they have this the name matthew fagan and a man calls police because he had actually been the person who purchased the stolen laptops from matthew fagan and he comes forward he tells police that when fagan came to sell him the laptops he was horribly banged up like 
cuts, bruises, limping, and Fagan had told the guy, oh, I got mugged. And that's, that's why I'm all banged up like this. And the guy kind of knew he was lying, but didn't know that that was important at the time. But that, again, gives police additional evidence against him that, like, he was, he was injured. And as we know, Kathy really put up a, a, a hell of a fight. So, oh, sorry. They also um, get a phone call from a hospital worker because he had been so injured while attacking Kathy that he had actually taken himself to the hospital. <laughs> what a dipshit. He also told the hospital the mugging story, and that is verified, right? There is his name written down on records, and there's CCTV footage where you can see him in the hospital with the injuries that the guy who bought the laptops told police about. Uh, so... From this point, you know, police are like, we have our guy. So they take him to trial where prosecutors basically paint a picture of a man who is determined to get back at the the uh, former employee who he felt ruined his life, like led to all of his financial troubles by uh, stealing from them. Uh, and when Kathy Marlowe had surprised him by being there on a Saturday, because one thing that police learned is he never turned his keys in when he'd been let go. So you have to have a swipe card to get into the building. And he kept his. And he went in on a weekend because nobody worked there on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And so prosecutors basically suggest that when he had been surprised by her being there, that he had flown into a rage and, and killed her. Because they do also know that after he killed her, he went upstairs and still stole the laptops. Wow. Like that act of violence against a woman he knew. They weren't like super close, but they sat just at like, were a couple desks away from each other and they had worked together for a while. So after killing a woman that he knew and viciously, he still went upstairs, stole six laptops and, uh, you know, ran off with them. Wow. And the defense basically only said the accomplice thing. They never tried to paint like a, a totally different scenario since police had obviously debunked the accomplice theory. And, no brainer here. Matthew Fagan was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 26 years. But the tra to me, what makes this so utterly just horrific is that for this, this woman, this really loved, wonderful, like daughter and sister and friend and, you know, employee, six laptops. Like, what does that amount to? It's nothing. I mean, it's crazy. It's so senseless. And it's just, I don't know. It, it, it was such, it's such a sad story. And uh, part of me just felt like also just the, uh, the sheer senseless nature of this story was my true like thread to the office of like <laughs> just all of the like, what, you know? And this to me is like the worst version of that kind of a what, but I don't know. That, that's the story of Kathy Marlowe. I'm so glad they caught her killer. I hope he doesn't get parole after 26 years and he spends the rest of his life behind bars where he belongs. Yeah, like I wonder yes. how did okay. how did the, it even like, um, you know, even if they bumped into each other. Why would it be office, so violent? Yeah, right. What What was the thing? What was the moment? Right, well, because the fact that, so it all happened. So she worked on the third floor and obviously the, the attack on her happened in, on the first floor in the reception area, and she was strangled with her scarf. So it would suggest she was on her way out to meet her friend for coffee. And he came in. They saw each other. She knew he didn't work there anymore. She knew he had been fired. And 
I mean, as far as we know, I mean, obviously he's never explained any of what happened, but I, I think just she was there. She knew him. She knew he shouldn't be there and he killed her. He's a real idiot. And like then, he couldn't even be like, hey, I just forgot something. Right. But I'll yeah. come right. back for it later. I mean, let's make up a story. Yeah. She's on her way out. It's not like you found her upstairs where the laptops were working away. Like she was walking. I mean, and that's also why it's so tragic. Is it's just one. Nobody ever needs to kill anyone ever for any reason. And, you know, self-defense is, you know, sometimes a thing. Like, obviously, there are cases don't don't hold me to what I just said. But this is just, I don't know. It's so completely senseless. Wow. Don't go to work on the weekends. Fuck it. Just get <laughs> it done when it's in the allotted amount of time. Right? You know, nobody, you don't owe anybody that. You get the time off. You earn. Yeah, you earned your time <laughs> your off time and off. you go back in on Monday. But I do think it's one of those things, too, that it just it makes me so sad when you really think about it, because it's just like this is just a woman who's trying. She's going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. It's just doing something she luck, didn't need honestly. to do because she was, you know, she was a good person and cared about her job. And I don't know. It just breaks my heart <laughs> that it's just like. Like that this asshole was like, I'm going to go in on Saturday. <laughs> no one will be there. And then that's what they sound like in Oregon, right? Where he's from. <laughs> Uh, totally. But yeah, that's my story. <laughs> I mean, we're from the Pacific Northwest. It's pretty much that what is, we, it would be what we sound like. That you is know, how they sound it. like. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Well, thank you for the story, though. Yeah. Of- when you first started, I thought it was going to tie into like, you know, Kevin, like dropping the chili all over the floor or something. <laughs> but it's less fun than that. Definitely less, less fun. fun. <laughs> also, by the way, have you guys been watching The Last of Us? Oh, yes. It's that's the so HBO good, one, right? Yeah. yeah. It is so good. That last episode, yeah, was so. Are you guys caught yeah, up? Yeah, we're caught up. Was so good. It was one of. I feel like it was one of the better hours of TV I've seen in a minute. Yeah, I think you guys are gonna have to do like a full episode on that yeah. series too. It's yeah, so good. There's enough to mm-hmm. talk about. It's so good. Well, thank you, Adam. Thank you so much for being our guest. Oh, I loved it. Yes, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having yeah. me. We should do this again. For sh- this for again. sure, for sure. As soon as I'm, uh, you know, over the. Over the trauma of hearing this last story, then I'll always know when I'm ready for another one. Yeah, you let me know. I'm always ready with one, so. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for listening. We love you, Realm Criminals, and we will see you next, Realm next Crime. Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening Realm to Realm Crime with Avrin and Vanya. Episodes arrive every other Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all things Rami and crimey. You can also follow us on Instagram at romcrime or email us movie and true crime suggestions at romcrimepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>